0: What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in for these podcasts on Spotify, and I appreciate everyone who's been watching my Instagram live sessions on my podcast page, which is at English Encore Podcast. If you haven't followed it on Instagram yet, please go ahead and do so. I'm almost at 200 followers. If you can help me get there, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you missed out on any of the previous live streams on Instagram, you can go to the IGTV section and look them up there. Some really great content and the link to my Spotify is also in the description of that page. Um, Just so you guys know, this weekend, I'm actually not going to be having a live session because of 4th of July weekend. I had a guest that we had talked about doing one on Sunday, but because of 4th of July weekend, he wasn't positive he was going to be able to do it. And we talked it out and decided we we're going to reschedule for a few weeks down the line. So, no live session for this weekend. I'm going to spend the 4th of July with some of my family and take a little bit of a break, but I will be back with one next week. I already have a guest planned for that, which I'll be announcing next week, Thursday. I already have it lined up so you guys don't have to worry about that. Today I'm be going through the top 8 for NBA mock draft. As you know, the NBA is doing a bubble playoff in Orlando. So I'm going to be talking about the 8 teams who are not invited to the playoff format. Um so I'll do the top 8 picks from my perspective mock draft. Then as we started last week, I'm be going through my next year of quarterbacks in the NFL, I'll be giving a brief recap of quarterbacks 32 through 27, and then this week I'll be doing quarterbacks 26 through 21. Next week we'll go to the next year, and then finally I'll be talking about why the NHL Draft Lottery is the dumbest thing they ever decided to do, so let's just get into it. So the following eight teams did not make the playoffs this year. We have the Charlotte Hornets at 8, the Bulls with the 7th pick, New York Knicks with six. Detroit Pistons at five, the Atlanta Hawks with the fourth pick, Minnesota Timberwolves at three, Cleveland Cavaliers at two, and the Golden State Warriors at one. So obviously these things can change with the draft lottery. I just went based off of um, a lottery simulation as well as based on their record so far up to date. I know they talked about potentially approving another bubble system where they move to potentially Chicago and let those final eight teams play out some games just so that they're still staying active and whatnot. So Golden State clearly not one of the worst teams in the NBA. However, they Steph Curry missed pretty much the entire year. Clay Thompson the entire season. They lost Kevin Durant. Draymond Green was hurt most of the year. Demarcus Cousins left. So they didn't have a good chunk of their players, so they're gonna be in good shape to get a number one overall pick. Plus it's actually good for the NBA in my opinion, even though they're probably not the team that needs a player the most I think it keeps the league um, very interesting, especially in the Western Conference, where things are very stacked um, as far as a players and all-star perspective, and I think it adds a new dynamic because, you know, Curry and Thompson are going to be on their way out in four or five years, so getting a guy now to really replace two legendary shooters would be awesome. So I'm be starting off with number eight with the Charlotte Hornets. I have them taking Killian Hayes, the point guard from France, really good player. I think he's a lot better than Frank Nilakita who was the last point guard from France. I was highly praised. I just think he fits the Hornets the best out of the players that would probably be available at this point, in my opinion. And I know they just signed Terry Rozier, and he could—he actually had a very good year. Um, Malik Monks had some off-the-court issues. They drafted P.J. Washington last year from Kentucky to play really a small forward, power forward position. So I don't anticipate them going um, the big man route. In my opinion, you still have bridges as well to build around. They really just need to go out and add some free agent talent. So to me, at this point in the draft, where they're probably going to be picking between the 7-8 range, I think the best thing they can do is add the most star potential you can do. And I think Killian Hayes is that. And also, it's another chance to get a point guard to replace what Kemba Walker left. And I think he has a chance to be a really good player in the future. Number seven, I have the Chicago Bulls taking Denny Advija. I don't know if I said that right, but he's a small forward from Israel. He's been touted at as high as three in a lot of mock drafts I was seeing, but most recently he's been falling down just because of some question marks with his shooting ability. He could play the small forward and power forward position. Uh, this really just seems like a bull's pick to me just because I think their front office has been such a mess. I know they just got you know new guys coming in. And they still have to work things out with their head coach. But right now, you're kind of building around Zach Levine. You drafted Kobe White last year, so they really don't need any guards. You look at the power forward and center position, they have Wendell Carter, who they just drafted a few short years ago, to go along with Laurie Markkinen. So to me, the small forward position is what they're really lacking. Otto Porter is a nice player, but he's not really a superstar or anything of that nature. And I think the Bulls are just a small forward and a bench player away from being a very good team. So I think Denny right here, the small four position, makes a ton of sense for them. At number six, I have the New York Knicks taking LaMelo Ball from Australia. Lonzo, his brother, clearly is in the NBA. Very good player, plays for the Pelicans. Pretty much a guy that's a very good passer in his brother. But LaMelo, I think, is going to be the best of the three brothers. Um, I know Leangelo is currently playing with the G League for Oklahoma City's team, but lamello i think to me just has superstar written all over him honestly i think he's the number two player overall in my opinion um behind anthony edwards as far as talent goes i just think some off the court stuff with his dad you know being as vocal as he is about things plus there's just the needs of other teams of in front of them i just think that he might fall a little bit and he's also coming off of an injury however when he was in australia he's very dominant He's a very good shooter, great passer. He needs to get a little bit better defending. He has good length, though. Um, his three-point shot is very good. I think his mid-range is what needs the most work. He's very good around the rim as well. And I think this is just a player that Knicks have been coveting for so long, a guy that can bring superstar potential back to New York. You bring in, you know, spectators, bring the presence back to the garden. I also just think he is a good fit for what they're trying to do because you already have Kevin Knox who you're still unsure about he plays that small four power four position RJ Barrett shooting guard small forward who they drafted number three overall last year after missing out on Zion and John Morant so I just think that he would be the perfect fit they don't really have a solidified number one point guard you know Alfred Payton Frank Milkey are guys I just don't think are there for the long-term future so I think LaMelo fits perfectly in with them Number five, I have the Detroit Pistons taking Oneka Okongwu from U. Uh, excuse me, USC. He's a power forward/slash center. Really good year last year, averaged about 16 points per game. I think he would fit perfectly into what the Pistons are trying to build with Dwayne Casey. You know, Blake Griffin's obviously had some injury history. They don't really have a solidified center after they traded Andre Drummond away, and Okongwu can play the center position and power forward, so him and Blake Griffith could always rotate back and forth. Um, They have a good bunch of good talent in their backcourt between Derrick Rose, Luke Kennard. Um, They obviously could use more, but I think that's something they could go out and address in free agency. I think Dwayne Casey is very content with their frontcourt right now with Derrick Rose headlining that. At number four, I have the Atlanta Hawks taking Isaac Okoro from Auburn. He, to me, just fits the Atlanta Hawks perfectly because... Right now, you look at the Atlanta Hawks and what they're missing because they have a bunch of young, good talent with a few veterans mixed in, and they just acquired Clint Capellas. So that helps them secure things defensively. John Collins is a great power forward, but he's not the best defensively, and you obviously have Trey Young, who's one of the best point guards in the NBA, especially in the Eastern Conference, all Star this year for the first time, but the shooting guard and small forward position are a little bit iffy. I know they have Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, a lot of good young talent. But to me, Okoro adds a piece that would just fit perfectly alongside Trey Young because he's a shooting guard slash small forward, and he's one of the best defenders in the country, which is really what they need because Trey Young, John Collins, and the rest of their bench, Reddish, herder all those guys can score a lot of points. So to bring in a guy like Okoro to play next to you, Trey Young, who does have the ability to score the ball but is a lockdown defender and can defend three to four positions, is going to be a perfect fit for them. Number three, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves taking Obi Toppin from Dayton. He fits in with the Timberwolves just because you already have Carl Anthony Towns who plays power forward slash center. You traded away Andrew Wiggins at the small forward position, and then you have D'Angelo Russell who you acquired in a trade from the Warriors um, at your point guard. So adding Obi Toppin, who's primarily a power forward, will allow Cat to stretch the floor more at the five. Toppin would pretty much slot right in as a starter. They also have Jarrett Culver. So it'd be a really good front court and back court all the way around top to bottom in their starting lineup. They obviously need to add some bench pieces. And I'm not sure Obi Toppin would start right away, but easily by year two, I think he'd fit perfectly in with Culver and Towns. And then D'Angelo Russell, just let him do his thing in the back court. And then number two and one was a kind of tough decision. Number two, I went with James Wiseman going to Cleveland Cavaliers just because I don't think Andre Drummond is going to want to stay there long term. And I, as much as I want to see them maybe take a guy like Lamelo Ball or an Anthony Edwards if he fell, I just don't see how it would fit because they drafted Darius Garland last year to play point guard. They already have Colin Sexton, who's a combo guard primary play the shooting guard position last year they have Kevin Porter Kevin Love's still there on the team who's that veteran guy they have C.D. Osman so to me the drafting a point guard or shooting guard doesn't make any sense so to me I think the center position makes the most sense for them to get especially if Drummond's not going to come back so James Wiseman to me um, is that guy I know he's had some questionable stuff off court about his dedication to the game he obviously didn't play this year at Memphis really at all because of you know, the issues with potentially taking money, and then he decided um, instead of taking the suspension, he was just going to opt to not play, which leaves number one Golden State Warriors taking Anthony Edwards. To me, they could easily take James Wiseman because they don't really have a solidified center. I know they have Kevon Loon, who they think very highly of. DeMarcus Cousins left last year. Draymond Green's the power forward, and they obviously have Steph and Clay at the shooting guard and point guard positions. But to me, the Warriors always want to add star potential. Anti Edwards would immediately come in, be a six-seven man off the bench who can come in. He led the nation in scoring last year, can put up a lot of points, learn from those guys, and be a cornerstone for their franchise in many years to come after Curry and Thompson are done. And to me, as good as James Wiseman is, I just don't think he fits the Warriors' play style that Steve Kerr likes to run the best because, you know, the Warriors like to spread the floor, have a guy that can shoot three-pointers. And I know Kevon Looney doesn't really do that, but he's more of a guy that only plays um, for defensive purposes. And Draymond Green, when he's on, is really a three-point shooter for the third guy on the court. So I think Anthony Edwards makes the most sense to me. And that would be my top eight, personally, for a mock draft. Now going into my next year of quarterback. So last week, started off 32, I had Jared Stidham. Number 31, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Dolphins. Uh, 30. I had Gardner Minshew of the Jags, 29, Daniel Jones of the Giants, 28, Joe Burrow of the Bengals, and then 27, Drew Locke of the Broncos. Clearly, since then, Cam Newton has signed with the New England Patriots, so I had to make a little bit of a tweak because I personally think Cam Newton's going to start. Reports are Jared Sinem might still start. We will see. I think Cam Newton's the clear starter, so I did put him in the list. So I'm going to have him kind of ranked in with someone else later down the line, which I won't get to today. He is above the 21 mark for me and then as i mentioned last week these rankings are based off of what you've done in the league so far your potential going forward the team that you're on what's around you everything like that so you know fitzpatrick's been a really good player over the course of his career um guys like joe burrow drew lock have more potential than them But at the same time, Drew Locke, Joe Burrow haven't shown me enough yet. Burrow hasn't even played a game. Locke's only played a handful of games. Same thing with Daniel Jones compared to some of these other guys that are going to be in front of them that may be less talented right now, but I've seen more out of them and their teams around them are better. So starting off at number 26, I have Dwayne Haskins. The reason, a big reason I have him ahead of Drew Locke at 27 is because I love Ron Rivera as a coach. I think he has good pieces around him. You know, Terry McLaurin. They have a very good backfield with Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis. Simon jp Ryan, Chris Thompson. They just have a plethora of backs, a very good offensive line. Their defense has gotten better, and with Rivera coming in, I think Haskins is in a position to succeed. At number twenty-five, I have Nick Foles. Um, I have him going to be winning the starting job over Mitch Trubisky. I just don't think Trubisky is a good quarterback. Nick Foles. The only thing that concerns me about him is every place he's went to outside of Philadelphia, he hasn't really gotten a chance to succeed. You know, he goes to the Rams after his first sit in Philadelphia with Jeff Fisher. Does terribly there. Um, goes, you know, does a backup role in Kansas City for a little bit with Andy Reid. Ends up going back to Philadelphia, winning a Super Bowl, then playing in a playoff game the year later because Carson Wentz gets hurt. They really missed out on him this year. Jacksonville, he played one game against Kansas City, the best team in the league because they won the Super Bowl. Played pretty well, but then got hurt. By the time he was ready to come back, Gardner Minshew would have kind of already taken over, so they decided to move on from him. I think he fits well into the Bears' system. I think he does what Matt Nagy wants him to do, so that's why I have him at 25. 24, I have Ryan Tannehill. I think a lot of people would bash me for that, but honestly, I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback. As a Bills fan and getting to see what he's done on the Dolphins, and I know he had Adam Gase and whatever it may be, I just don't think he's a great quarterback. If you look at the history of what Ryan Tannehill has done in the league— he has one great year and then follows it up with two to three really bad or mediocre years you know you look at the playoffs last year he was buried throwing for 150 200 yards per game in the playoffs and they rode the coattails of derrick henry you look at what teams were if teams are able to figure out their running game i just don't see ryan tannehill beating a lot of teams arm. they have a lot of really good young receivers aj brown you know john U. smith at tight end position they still have Corey davis But Derrick Henry is going to be the focal point of the offense, and it's only going to get you so far, and I just don't think he's that great. 23, I have Tyrod Taylor of the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Everyone knows that I'm a Tyrod Taylor fan. He's probably higher on my list than a lot of other people's. The reason I have him higher than a lot of people is just because of the team he's on currently, and I feel that they have a good chance to make the playoffs and succeed. You know, They have a very good defense with Chris Harris— Linville Joseph coming in in free agency. They have Derwin James finally fully healthy after he's injured most of the year last year. They still have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Desmond King on the outside as well. And Casey Hayward. So their defensive staff is loaded. They drafted great linebackers in the draft. They still have Davis, who they got from the Panthers a few years ago. And offensively, they still have Keenan Allen. They have Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. Austin Eckler, I think, is going to be a stud this year. Now he has the full chance to be the go-to guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up getting a guy like Lashawn McCoy because Anthony Lynn and Tyrod Taylor both have worked with him in Buffalo. And that's the other thing because Tyrod worked with Anthony Lynn. I know the play style, and I think it's going to be very good for them. Obviously, it'll be a very tough challenge against the Chiefs, but against the Broncos and the Raiders, I think they'll be able to succeed along with the other teams that they're going to get to face. You know, I know they play the AFC East this year, so getting to play the Jets, the Dolphins, it's going to give them a good chance for some easy wins and Tyrod's a good veteran quarterback he's not going to wow you with his arm he's very accurate throwing the deep ball he's good intermediate he loves to dump at to tight end running backs which is what they want to do you know get the ball in Austin Eckler's hands take shots to Allen Williams when you can and he's going to protect the football and ultimately that's going to keep them in games and give them a chance to win that's why I have him at 23. 22 I have Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders He's kind of had an up-and-down career. There was a time where he was going to be MVP. You know, everyone thought the Raiders were going to take off, and then he got hurt, and they ended up having to go with um, Matt McGloin before he got hurt in the playoffs, before going to counter Cook against the Texans. And then since then, it's kind of been downhill. Jake Gruden and him have not always been on the same page. They don't really have a ton of offensive weapons. Antonio Brown did not work out. Still has some potential. I just don't think he's a great quarterback. That's why I have him at 22. And then at 21 for the last tier for today, I have Teddy Bridgewater. A guy who's shown he has the ability to take team to a playoff, I just think it's going to be a little bit harder for him in his first year with the Panthers under new head coach Matt Rule. Um, I think that their offense is going to be good around him with Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. I think it's going to be great for him. Uh, I just have a lot of question marks about their defense, so overall I don't know how great they're going to be, and his health is always a concern, but he's definitely a quarterback that could be ranked higher. I just want to see a little bit more from him. Because the teams he's been on so far, you know, when he was good on the Vikings, they had a very strong defense. You know, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, all those guys. And then you look at what he did on the Saints when he comes in. You have Michael Thomas, Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, so and Sean Payton, obviously. So I'm interested to see what he does under a first-year head coach and what he can do in that division. Very interesting to see. So those are my rankings for this week. For 26 or 21. next week we'll do another tier and then finally for today so the nhl draft lottery happened last week i kind of briefly touched upon it on my last podcast because of the sabers i just think this is the dumbest thing that they've ever done you have the senators who have two the second and third best odds for second third pick because they traded way eric carlson to san jose for their first round pick you have detroit who had one of the worst seasons in nhl history and they end up getting the fourth pick. Senators have three and five. And now the first overall pick is going to be going to a team through a second lottery system of the teams eliminated in the first round of this new playoff. So you have, and this is a 2.5%. Sometimes it almost makes it seem like NHL just doesn't understand how to make the game itself and make other teams better so that you have the best product on the ice for every team and give yourself the most revenue now you have teams like the penguins the maple leafs the oilers the blackhawks all with a chance at the first overall pick when they don't need it i was joking the other day how edmonton's gonna win it again and it's gonna be like their fifth one in the past century um, of getting first picks again, just ridiculous. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs who have Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, all these stud players. They could get it. Crosby, Malkin, Penguins can get it. And now you have to deal with the fact that they are going to be teams easily thinking about just purposely losing in the first round for a chance at that first overall pick. You look at teams like the Canadians, um, the the Rangers, the Islanders, teams that were bubble teams or shouldn't have made the playoffs they're going to get in and it's like, well, I really shouldn't have been here anyway. I have some guys that are probably aren't going to come because of COVID. You know, you look at the Canadians, carry price, might not play. You might as well just lose and have a good chance of getting the first overall pick. It just makes no sense. And I've never really liked the lottery system, but it just seems like the NHL somehow always screws it up. And you look at the teams like the Buffaloes of the world, um, the senators, the Red Wings, who you want to get better because they're strong hockey markets But yet, every year they get screwed by the lottery. I just have always liked how the NFL has done it, where the worst team gets the best odds, because once you start getting some good players, you're not going to be the worst team. It's very easy to tell when a team is tanking, like the Sabres and Oilers were when McDavid and Eichel were drafted. And it's just, I don't know, I just think the lottery, they clearly screwed it up. Um, They got bashed for it by all sorts of media and the players for it. Um, it's clearly just not the way it should be run. They have to do it somewhat different, or at least give the top five teams like even more of a chance to win it or something. And they have to figure it out. Um, I just think it's the dumbest thing that they've done um, to date in the past four or five years. And, the, and it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs. I definitely think you're going to see that teams are going to purposely try to lose. You might not be able to tell, but um, you'll definitely find out once those teams are eliminated, who was trying and who wasn't. So that's gonna do it today for this episode. As I said before, no live session this week. Hope everyone enjoys their fourth of July. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. You know, enjoy some fireworks. Enjoy some time with your friends and family if you get the chance to social distance, wear your mask, do what you gotta do. I will be back on Monday with another podcast, Bills and Sabres. And then like I said, I'll be announcing next week Thursday, my guest I have a few guests lined up for the next few weeks, so don't worry about having no content on Saturday or Sunday for the next few weeks after this weekend um, because I got you guys covered. As I mentioned before, if you haven't done so, please go give my Instagram page, at English Encore Podcast, all one word, a follow. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for the constant support and always tuning in. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.